Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hoo-hoo, hello. What another weird, wild day. If you're uh, paying attention or following the, uh, the <laughs> proceedings of our... Uh, House of Representatives in D.C., and also uh, really a remarkable ceremony, I thought, by President Biden, making a president, giving presidential awards to those who have uh, stood up in the face of those who would tear down our democracy and threaten our, really, our entire process of voting, of citizenship, of uh, making our voices heard. And if you watch that ceremony, I think it was uh, really remarkable, the, the span of individuals that were honored today from those who were at the Capitol trying to fight back attackers, uh, those, I mean, everything from the images that we all saw of the police officer who used himself as a target to move the rioters away from rooms where electeds were, including the former vice president of the United States, Mike Pence, and uh, to the the woman who was, uh, to Ruby and her daughter, who just wanted to reinforce this system that we have in place, the access to making yourself heard through voting, uh, de- dedicating themselves to be a part of the process so that people could feel safe when they vote. Uh, many of these folks who, uh, were, who were awarded the Presidential Medal were also um, those who testified uh, uh, on the January 6th committee in the hearings. And that is a, a brave step to take to, uh, to put yourself out there. Uh, many of them have had their lives threatened, if not all of them, because, man, there are just some nasty people out there who, uh, no matter what they are shown, no matter what, um, what really happens, Nothing matters to them. It's all lies. They've been tricked into believing that you can't believe your eyes, basically. Uh, And then in contrast, watching the votes today, many of the Republicans who were voting against Kevin McCarthy were people who were uh, election deniers, who uh, wanted to suppress the voice of the people on January 6th, who either in some way helped or did nothing to thwart it, that that would not vote to certify the election results. Uh, it's, It's interesting to see it unfold. And I don't know what kinds of deals Kevin McCarthy is. People are speculating. Um things about the debt levels, uh, the ability to diminish our Social Security and other programs that many of us have invested in, have paid into, uh, have paid our fair share, have played by the rules, and they want to either eliminate or decimate those programs. And uh, the word is that Kevin McCarthy is making deals that will make that easier for the extremists uh, in Congress. What are your thoughts? Are you watching closely the uh, the count for um, McCarthy's journey to try to be Speaker of the House? And do you think that he will be at all effective if he becomes Speaker? Will they, if they've brought it down to only one member of the majority party, has the ability to call the Speaker? Now, mind you, they have to take a vote, but you know basically they can just do it whenever they want to they can just uh say you know what we want to we want to remove the speaker let's take a vote on it and uh, essentially once again grind our government to a halt and this is a group of people that have 
constantly been banging the drum of government is ineffective. Uh, you can't, uh, you know, it's a swamp. We have to get rid of these people. And I'm, now I'm seeing, you know, more and more images uh, in different parts of the country from the extreme right saying that they have, you have to eliminate the left. And what do they mean by that, right? Do they mean, what, what is, <laughs> we, while we continue to try to be rational and have conversations uh, regarding what it is to be a Democrat, to be a liberal, to be a progressive, right? What we are fighting for, for the rights of all, for clean air, for access to health care, for reproductive rights. What are they fighting for? To eliminate the left, to investigate Hunter Biden, to, they're not running on anything. You know, hearing, hearing Republicans say that they want to do something about, the the burden of taxes so that our kids aren't paying if again over and over again we keep saying if we invest in people if we do the things that are right we can help our children if they have access to affordable health care and housing and food we do lessen the burden and taxing yeah I, I wish that the middle class wasn't being taxed at the same rate as the wealthiest as corporations that's you know fine go ahead let's 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 do something about the tax code and do something about the burden that we are all carrying now and the really the slide the evasion of their fair share for the wealthiest. Yeah, let's do something about that. I would love to. Anyway, that's just what I'm saying. <laughs> Let me get to Jim. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind? Uh, hi, Gary. Uh, what's on my mind is I I started listening to the radio during the pandemic. Now, I never listened to it intently in my life. But now I notice there's 140, 1,400 Salem radio stations all bent on anti-federalism. They want to get rid of Social Security. Oh, they want to get. They want to go after the grave of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Apparently, but what I was going to say is, when I watched Trump that morning, I don't need a judge. I don't need a lawyer. I don't need anybody. I saw with my own two eyes a man who lost an election by millions of votes. And put those poor suckers into prison, and he has no regard for them. And that nut uh, from Florida with the overbite who, who uh, uh, put Trump in, Trump, that was really a disgrace. Here's a man that had the Capitol uh, run over. But you hear on all these stations today, and all these Republicans, because they're all, we know what the story is, they're all being uh, bankrolled by. Uh, billionaires that could buy him for a song, but uh, the, the victory all on him are just insane. Thank God for one Democratic station. That's all I have to say, Patty. And thank God, <laughs> and thank God for you. And you have a great weekend. Have thank a great, you. have a great weekend, Jim. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm, I'm also, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's jarring. Again, we keep talking about the fact that the norms have been thrown out. I, I, I continue to be surprised by what uh, people are willing, what lies people are willing to buy and uh, and embrace as the truth. I'm also looking at the uh, tech screen. I know that Tori was talking to folks about, you know, how how did you experience January 6th in real time? Where were you? What do you remember about that day? And I remember I was out for a walk. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was a pretty decent day out. I think it wasn't too cold here in Chicago uh, on January 6th, 2020. 2021 was it it's been two years right i'm gosh everything feels like a blur nope i can't remember now it's been two years right this is 23 so it's 21 okay um we were out for a walk 
and I was listening to I was listening to, to WCPT, and I was also listening to Hal Sparks because he goes live on on Twitch and and uh, has a, a video commentary on a lot of things, uh, a lot of news of the day. And it's funny, my husband and Steve, and Hal Sparks had a similar take on things as it was unfolding. They were both just not surprised. They were, I mean, I, I was like, I, every time something new was happening, you know, whether it was uh, Trump uh, giving that speech and saying, we're going to go down to the Capitol and, and Mary Miller. Do you remember what she said? She said that Hitler was right. And I don't know if she said the next thing was about one thing. Even as soon as you say Hitler was right, I'm, I'm done listening. And I remember I was every time something like something like that would happen, some comment that was being made in the in the couple hours leading up to the riot and the, and the violent attempt to overtake our capital, I was screaming. And Steve and Hal were both like, "Yeah, these people are crazy." Yeah, this isn't surprising. And and then when Ashley Babbitt was shot, she was trying to breach that door. Like, this is another thing that pops up on our Patty Vasquez show page once in a while, uh, that Ashley Babbitt was a hero. That uh, And it goes back and forth, right? I do not take any pleasure in anyone's death. I just, I know. I, no matter, it's just, it's when someone leaves this earth, when they have left their body, when they are, when their life is ended, I just, it, it it's, hard. Uh, and I get it. Like even in any instance, I just don't find any glee in it. And I get that a lot of people, you know, don't care and, and will jump on it and saying things like if she had just complied, right? I get that. And and there's, there's something to that. I just can't lean into that either. But to make this also political, she was trying to breach the line and get into that hallway that led to the rooms where our electeds were hiding and trying to, for, I mean, they were hiding for their lives. Uh, and and they were told and the gun was pointed at her if she and she had a military training tell me she didn't understand what that meant that you have been warned and then you have electeds on the right who continue to say it was just a, it was just a tourist trip and now and seeing images today to remind us that a lot of them were trying to put furniture in front of the door into the floor of the house and and i guess they were saying don't the tourists in <laughs> it's <just> maddening <sighs> anyway see what Paul's got to say. Hey, Paul, what's on your mind, my friend? Hi, Gary. You know, I think January 6th, 2020, and what's happening this week are essentially the same thing. Yeah, it's I agree. Republican blocks. Mm-hmm. They, they, they didn't win. They, ne- they, they, Trump never won an election, not at least as far as the people are concerned. He was installed by our process. But the, in, in Congress, this razor-thin majority that they have is only by virtue of gerrymandering, which means yeah. they didn't really win because millions, again, once again, every two years, millions more people vote for Democrats for Congress than Republicans. And now it's come down to the fact they're used to having the gravy train of being able to not win and also not have to deliver to any constituent. Right. Because, as you said, they're not arguing over any policy uh, you know, issues like... <laughs> In the Democratic Party, they might argue over, no, Medicare for all. No, we want to keep Obamacare the way it is. You right. know, they, they, but they're, these guys, are they're down to just ancient Roman cloak and dagger power struggle. That's all they're about. That's all they have. Yeah. They're not arguing about anything that has to do with you and me and 
the rest of we, the people, the American people. They offer no solutions. I agree completely. It's always just no and uh, subterfuge and all this other crap. And the same thing happened in Springfield. All the all the Republicans were screaming about, you know, how we don't have a balanced budget. And not a single one of them offered anything up in contrast to what was being presented ever. Right. And they, yeah. And where where fair districting took place, for instance, in Michigan, after what, 40 years, they lost their butts. The people finally got to throw them out. Yeah. And they did. Yes. They, get, they right, right away, quick like a bunny, they threw the Republicans out as quick as they could possibly get new districts. And as soon as, if that were to happen in these other swing states, we would, frankly, we shouldn't be seeing a Republican party at all. They should be a dead party like the Whigs. If they've been so out of touch and they served no one for so long, how they survived with all of their lies and propaganda is, it's the fact that they're still there is just part of the lie and propaganda. And I, I can't imagine that. Well, of course, you still here after after four days of this, you, you know, Fox News can still find a way to blame the Democrats. But, yeah, I don't see how you can just say this is the Democrats being evil. I, the only thing I, I wonder is, is that the Democrats could find one more step in the strategy other than just, you know, nominating and voting a 212 votes for Akeem Jeffries. If, if they came up with one more clever card to put an end to this. And they could. Right. They could co-op. They, you know what they could do? They could uh, They could co-op Kevin McCarthy themselves and say, look, you can be our boy, and you'll do what we say. Otherwise, <laughs> we're going to throw you back in that pack of jackals called the Republican Party. That's something I was thinking about today, is, is if he's making the kinds of deals that will, again, essentially continue to grind our government to a, a halt or have a negative catastrophic impact on the budget, then 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 there probably should be some sort of conversation. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I tend to think that there's some that's been, you know, sort of bounced around. But as you heard Congressman Quigley yesterday say, we're not there yet. I don't know if he's in the circles of conversations where they're trying to figure out if there's a way to, uh, you know, again, make that deal. But uh, I'm not seeing any evidence of it. But, you know, what? one thing we know is the smartest brain of all is working behind the scenes. You know Nancy Pelosi is in on the strategizing. strategizing. Right. So I'm not too worried about, you know, whatever it is, it's going to be good. I hope so. I hope so. Because, I mean, we, today was, uh, I was surprised to, you know, tune in and find that he had gained back, I believe it was 12 Republicans that, were, that he made some sort of negotiating uh, tactic with. And, you know, now we'll see tonight, nine o'clock our time, if he's able. He needs, I believe, to peel away two in order to secure the speaker. And then that's barring anyone voting not, that doesn't show up, that only votes present. Uh, you know, I don't know what, what, games are going <laughs> to unfold in front of us tonight. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank Ooh. you. Guys. It should be. Are you going to watch? Do you have the popcorn ready? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to watch. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the bourbon ready. <laughs> so we head into the weekend. Have a great... That's what you right? Have a good weekend, Paul. Thank Thanks you. for calling from Seattle. Appreciate it. Let's uh, take a break here and uh, come back with your calls. Uh, Ted and... Is it, I'm going to have to ask how to pronounce it. Aisley... Yes. Oh, okay.
We'll talk to Aisley and Ted when we come back. 773-763-9278 is the number to call and join our conversation, whatever's on your mind. Coming up in a little bit, we are going to have uh, we're going to have a candidate join us in the studio, candidate for the 50th Ward Alderman's Office and Alder person. I, I still have to get used to, to language. I think it is better to say, oh, I just Alder. They're running for the Alder's Office of the 50th Ward. And we'll also have Adam Selzer. He is a tour guide and author and uh, does a morning, mini morning tour every day at 10 a.m. I, I suggest, I highly recommend that you follow Adam Selzer on Facebook and, uh, and on TikTok and all the places where Adam is sharing great stories about Chicago's history um, that are really remarkable and got a lot of folks through the pandemic. We created, uh, he created a wonderful community of people who turned into, uh, to turn to each other to support each other during the pandemic. And, um, and I've had the pleasure of uh, inviting them to Whiskey and a Cookie, which will start at 630. Uh, I hope. <laughs> This is one of those days where I have two shows going at the same time, so I have to figure that out. also want to thank our sponsors, Minocqua Brewing, for making these conversations possible. You can go to the Patty Vasquez show page, and right there at the top, Jerry uh, Jerry Walski, our collaborator for the show, and the Beer Sherpa from Minocqua Brewing, has all the locations where you can pick up uh, Progressive Brew in the Chicagoland area. want to thank our friends at Kids Above All for their support. You can go to kidsaboveall.org and find out about all the great work they do to help children who are surviving trauma reach their potential in life. And we also want to thank Warren Price from European U.S. Car Service. You can go to European U.S. and find out about all the great work that he does there. Have that number in your phone in case you have a car emergency, 773-248-1200. Take a break here. We'll be back in a moment on Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez, on the Heartland Signal. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Sorry about that. It's just, uh, hi everybody, just your moment of silence, your moment to meditate and reflect on January 6th. Joining me in studio is author, tour guide, uh, historian Adam Selzer. You can go to Mysterious Adam, no, which, Ad- hold on, let me find uh, your microphone right there, try that again. Yeah, do, I have weird, do I have a weird echo going here? <laughs> is it? Yeah. Do we have an echo? I, f- I feel like I'm, I'm hearing something like a... Uh monitored back to me or something. How are you, how are you doing yeah. your headset? <laughs> I haven't gotten as far as the we'll headset you, yet. We'll get, you, we'll get you some headphones. But. Uh, Mike M. says, uh, Patty, I think the Dems should vote for McCarthy for two reasons. Two reasons. He's much more moderate than the other psychopath Republican alternatives. Uh, he's, uh, let's see, it will completely fracture the Republicans so none of their insanity can get passed, uh, like abolishing med- Medicare, Social Security, the ACA, and cut Ukraine support. Thank you very much, Mike. Yeah, that's the thing. Hey, Adam, let's see. How's that feel? Hey, that's, um, if, oh, is, there still feels like an echo. At least I know where it's coming from now. It's, was it coming? Maybe it's coming yeah. from your headphones. Yeah, it's probably the headphones. Okay, I don't know. All right, I don't weird. Okay. And believe me, I uh, I'm very picky about sounds. Yeah. Let me see. I don't. Do you hear that? Do you hear an echo? Uh, Lady B. No. Cherry. No. All right. Today, today, today. <laughs> I consider myself so. so. Now is the is it the uh, Lou Gehrig version or the Gary Cooper version? Oh, that's the that's the Lou Gehrig <laughs> version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Adam joins us at studio, and coming up in just a few moments, uh, he's going to introduce me to a candidate for Alder in his uh, in his ward, the 50th uh, ward. Uh, well, and folks, if you have a candidate you want me to talk to, please, like Adam, reach out and uh, let me know. You can go to you can email me. 
me at P Vasquez. That's P like Patty Vasquez at WCPT 820.com. And I'd love to hear from you about the whether it's alder candidates, maybe in another municipality. You know, we had our friend. Uh, uh, what was his first name? Huditz was here last week uh, t- talking about his race in uh, what was his first name? Frank. Frank. Frank Huditz was with us uh, last week talking about his race. Uh, so let me know who you want to talk to as as Adam did. How are you doing today, Adam? Happy New Year. Uh, happy New Year, Patty. Oh, it's been a busy, been a busy day. I had two cemeteries and a microfilm room today. Oh, which cemeteries were <laughs> you at? Two cemeteries and a microfilm. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what cemetery? I did uh, Graceland to uh, follow the coyotes around for a little bit and get some photographs of them. And they were most cooperative today. Oh, excellent. And then we went out to St. Luke's for Find a Grave Friday. We were looking for Amelia Fisher Hawk. Okay. Who was the last wife of Johan Hawk, the guy I'm working on a book on now. And I just found out that after he was hanged, she married again briefly to a guy who said that he used to, like, she used to follow him around holding up a rope and saying, this is the rope they used on my ex-husband and you're next. If you, and really? At one point, he, she, he complained that she also broke his new hat with a loaf of bread and beat him about the face and head with a roast duck. Oh. There's one I don't hear every day. Yeah, she apparently liked to use the food products. Assault with poultry is not uh, something that comes up very often. (laughs) Or a loaf of bread. Yeah. Yeah. Was this a really weak hat or a really tough loaf of bread? Well, it depends on what kind of brim it has, right? If it doesn't have any sort of uh, structure inside. I don't know. I have no idea. We're talking about uh, January 6th and, of course, the uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy's uh, attempts to become Speaker. Right. On the one hand, there's a tragedy what's going on. On the other, I think it would be a bigger tragedy if he didn't suffer. I know. Well, and he doesn't. But that's the thing. Is he suffering? Because maybe he's just putting on a good face, but he seems awfully smug about the entire well, proceeding. Like he, all the way through. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all the know. way through, he seemed very smug about the whole thing. This is clearly not the way that he wants it to go. Sure. Uh, and and you would think that he would have known ahead of time whether it was going to go this way for a whole yeah. week. We are now at pre-Civil War numbers when it comes to the number of uh, votes it takes. 133 was the last I saw was the, mo- the longest it took. Yeah. Does that sound right? It was like 130-something. Yeah. But back then, you know, you had that kind of thing happened a lot. You know, every every convention, it would be 60 votes or whatever right. before they came up with a candidate. Well, it fascinates me how many, and because I, I was watching C-SPAN, and then I and then you hear the callers call in, and, it's a, and, and I think that that's what's happening happening when conservatives or extreme right people call this show, they think mm. I'm just going to listen to them like they do on C-SPAN because yeah. the person just sits there and lets people talk and then goes to the next call. We ain't doing that because <laughs> there are people spreading all kinds of lies. But then also the take is, I don't know, you know, the right, the leftists, I don't know why, why they don't like this. We're walking, watching democracy unfold. We didn't say it was anti-democratic. We just yeah, think we it's just ridiculous. We just said it was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, we get well, to say that, you know. Well, yeah, and I just saw uh, Matt Gates was saying that if they if they put up a moderate instead, then he'll resign from Congress. Yes. And on the one hand, he can't possibly think that anybody's really threatened by this. Either yeah. on the right or the left wouldn't yeah. be happy to see this guy go. Make on the so. other hand, he is very stupid. He's so stupid. <laughs> so, so well, stupid. The, the, yesterday on MSNBC, when he was giving one of his speeches, they just they didn't show it. They were interviewing Michael Moore, but I, I kind of figured I already knew what he was saying. It was probably like, <laughs> hey, Gordon. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like the tone of it. Let me uh, get to Dave. He's got the same haircut and everything. Yeah, really. <laughs> he does. Hey, Dave, what's on your mind. We're on the air with me and Adam Selzer. Hi, guys. I'm Dave, and I'm uh, like a mercury toxicology dentist, so I found the dentistry kind of interesting this morning in a speech. But um, on January 6th of 21, I was in my office watching C-SPAN, which I'm like the most nerdy guy in the world. I watch it all the time because I'm more of an independent. I, 
I've worked for Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Green Party, every party that you can think of. Right? Uh-huh. Everybody gets cavities. And, and well, listen, it, it, but the, but the, but the point is this: is that you know having the Constitution followed properly per the instructions. Okay, I. You know, there was nobody was watching C-SPAN on their cell phone to storm the Capitol. And I think that the 900 people that stormed the Capitol don't understand the Constitution. You never, first of all, you never hit a police officer because I, I volunteered as a reserve person in my town uh, like 15 years ago almost. <laughs> and uh, so you never hit a police officer. And secondly, um what you can't accomplish anything. The process, the constitutional process, because in uh, 2005 in Kerry Bush, we had a senator sign a House of Representatives complaint, and in 2016, not even Bernie Sanders would sign the legitimate complaint of Jamie Raskin about the ten Florida electors who couldn't hold dual office. So um, when it moves forward now, I think what's happening is holding Kevin uh, McCarthy. Uh, to do what's constitutionally correct, because any investigation, no matter what it is, has to move forward. And you have to present all of the known provable truth and either prosecute or not prosecute. And which which investigation are you talking about? Any investigation that's ever been done by Congress. Okay. It doesn't matter which one it is. Like, for example, when they did the the 9-11... See, I started my political stuff as an anti-Iraq war person because I interviewed Valerie Plain. You said Michael Moore was being interviewed before? I interviewed him, too, actually, on CPT. I used to host a show back in 07, 09, on Sunday mornings at 10. Dr. Dave, how you doing? Hey, hey, Dr. Dave. um, You know, I... Yeah, and I even interviewed Glenn Greenwald while he was uh, looking at uh, Edward Snowden stuff. So, you know, I've, I've had a lot of political stuff. I've interviewed Noam Chomsky. But the point is, is that the people that really control this country are the, are the financial and military industrial complex. And they own both sides of the aisle, most people. I think what would be really great is if the real grassroots congressional people who are in elect right now, got together and nominated a real grassroots speaker of the house that we could trust to do all the proper investigations of anybody who's violated their oath to the constitution i would vote for that okay fair enough by the way it was uh, the uh, department of justice and the fbi estimated it was between 2000 and 2500 people who attacked the capitol i just want to make sure i get that number out there uh thanks for calling dave i gotta take a break here i've got to update traffic Adam Selzer joins me in studio, and he's going to introduce us to the candidate for the Alder, Alder's office. Yeah, he, he, just, he just messaged you stuck in the traffic, but he'll be here in a second. No worries. What's his name again? His name is Mwiz. Mwiz Bawani. Mwiz Bawani. Yeah. You're going to have to he's help me He's running for alderman here in the 50th ward. Outstanding. Uh, over there in the 50th ward. Over by there. <laughs> about about 25-minute uh, drive in the traffic, uh, 12 when it's not the traffic. There you go. Let but, me take a break here and update and let people know how traffic is. I'm Probably not the street he's on. There's new information. Explosive new information. It's how every day starts. Need for information. Get the info you need from Santita Jackson. Weekday morning starting at 6 on WCPT 820. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. 
Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. QAnon girl, uh, and I, you know, look, there's there's a lot of aspects to January 6th. There's a somber aspect. There's uh, thinking about the people who lost their lives. The threat to democracy is all important. But as you also know, I process things through humor, so I laugh at the nuttiness as well, because there's, there's also that element to it. Joining me in studio right now, uh, we're going to get to Moise. Moise? Moise. See? I'm going to... Moise. Moise, I say it again and again for me. Moise it's Moise it is yeah. unique, um, and believe me. And then, well, I'm going to slip away. So I'll, yeah, just okay. a second. Yeah, oh, yeah. so we got Jer- we have Jerry who wants to uh, share I something just, with us before. Yeah. but you can you can hang out with well, us, Jerry. Oh, I get it. I might make I know, you do whiskey don't, and cookie don't, for well, me. I don't. Know. Well, maybe. Okay. <laughs> well, oh, that's why. Um, anyway, yeah, I happened to swing on by, and uh, there's a couple things I just wanted to drop off. Uh, this was in listening to your talking over the last couple yeah. weeks or so. Uh-huh. You want to take a look at this? I think I these do. will come in handy for you. What is this? Those you hook onto your shoes. For, oh, these the, the, the glue Oh my God! Right. Where'd you get these? These online, you know. I just, yeah. Thank so you for I this. Saw this, this yeah, for me? Yeah, of course. Oh, well, Jerry, you're walking across Milwaukee. We can't have you <laughs> slipping and sliding. <laughs> oh yeah, I did slipping and sliding. Yeah, yeah, remember you were talking about that? Yes, yes, yes. So and then there's another thing. This fantastic. I'm not sure. I want to hand this to you. And this is, I hit a lot of, I hang out in liquor stores quite a bit these days with Monaco Brewing. And this is one product that I saw a couple okay. places. Yes. And I thought, at the very least, you could use it as a nice show and tell on whiskey and a cookie later on. But here, this is, you tell me what you think. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I <laughs> Have saw you seen this? this? <laughs> I saw this online. I don't know if I can show it. I know, that's what I'm Exactly, I know. This is a German, this is popular exactly. in Germany. I don't know why. Right. So this is, a, this is like a shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you seen how? I have not seen <laughs> This? Yes, no. not. I, uh, actually, right. I think online they can see me, can't they? Because I, they, oh, they brought in the shot. Right. Um, I don't know, but yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to hand that off. To you. 
It's called a Krugi. I believe it is German. Uh, Mexcore, or maybe it's Mexican. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's out of Houston. To, it's a product of Germany. So this, is, for some reason, this is popular. In, look, yeah. people in Europe uh, are a little different when it comes to approaching uh, sexuality yes. and uh, and their sense of humor. Adam does not look like he wants to have that. Uh, no. it's like I don't a, think it's I want like, to drink that. No. It's basically uh, like a shot <laughs> right. in something that's shaped like um, a, a tadpole. Yes. A tadpole. Yes. There you go, right? And, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sorry. We have, we have, we have, I know. I know, that's why the timing like, is terrible. Don't, don't attach him to this exactly. at all. Make sure he's we not, cut this out somehow. He's like, he's like, so, he's like Adam, what, what, yeah, I, I don't know what you I drove all the way here for this, the 50th ward. <laughs> so, okay. I'm going to get out of here. I've done enough damage. No, uh, I'll no. I'll away. It's but, all, it's all good. I, I will, I will uh, try this on Whiskey Nick. That's what I thought. I'll jump on at uh, 7 o'clock yeah. uh, for, on our Facebook so, page. It's a good teaser. If you want to see this thing, folks, yes. stick around. Go to Whiskey and a Cookie. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much, Jerry. And thank you for bringing some more of the progressive brew for Yes, there we go. Exactly right. Yeah, right. And, uh, yeah, right. and I and thank you again to Kirk Banks. I want we'll to get him on soon and see what he's yeah, up to. Exactly. I'm sure he's got some thoughts on the uh, oh, the Supreme Court yeah, races yeah. in uh, Wisconsin. How about it? Because uh, yeah, that's, that's some, a big deal. Those yeah. are really important uh, when we talk about gerrymandering. When we talk mm-hmm. about reproductive rights, yep. because if uh, if their Supreme Court if they're not able to secure uh, a couple mm-hmm. a, a liberal seat on that court, the the laws revert back to the 1800s exactly. when it comes to women's reproductive rights, yeah. and they have one of the most gerrymandered uh, states in the country. Without we were talking question. earlier about Michigan, how right. they've been able to push back and elect more Democrats, right. partly because they were able to appeal the gerrymandering process. Just they, like we had the issue yeah. here in our Supreme Court. They had that Wisconsin We're outfit. trying to prove to our guests that we're really smart, too, exactly. by the way. After, after we just, just, we're trying to bring the show out of the gutter that I just did. How many of the big like, words do we know? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> okay. Please don't regret your choice okay. to come in today. Please, please, please. please. Right, do, I, I could slip no, away. I don't know if Thank you, Jerry. No worries. I'll take a break. You know what? I'm going to talk to this uh, listener, we've got uh, Azili. Azili, let me check and see what Azili. Oh, let me see. Got that one. Turn this off and this on. Hey, Azili, how are you doing today out of Villa Park? I uh, thank you so much, uh, and uh, blessings to your son. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was wondering if Kevin McCarthy uh, agrees that any of the representatives can, you know, say we don't want him anymore. Does that include any of the Democrats also? Uh, if it does, what kind of thinking is that? No, it's it's only the majority party would have the ability to recall him and take a vote on a oh. new speaker. Yeah. Oh, but, believe but me. That, yeah. If, if that were the case, we would be like, yeah, yeah, go ahead and go, go do that. But then it, yeah. it just... Okay, so, so if that's the case, also, that, you know, the thing, the system is really broken. Because oh. how can you be in a in a situation where you don't have the same uh, uh, benefits or rights as the other people who you are working with? That you know, the, so they need to really uh, redo some stuff. <laughs> you know, they just it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, that's that was, that's how I wake yeah, up every day. I wake up every day going, "This doesn't yeah. make any sense." <laughs> so, right, right. I know. I, know. I look. Yeah. I, I think that whatever party's in power, they do the best they can to reinforce their own agenda, and this is the way in which Republicans think is the best path path forward for themselves over the next two years. Uh, and so, but, but basically, it's the rules that they they are allowed to they can create. Uh, their you know what, whether how they call bills to the floor, uh, how they take votes, who's the speaker. They they create those rules. So every time a new majority is in power, so if the Democrats take the House back, then. We revert back to our own rules. 
Right, yeah. right. I, I understand that, but I still think in some cases that is not uh, that is not conducive to good governing. Well, you know? I think you answered your own question. Yeah. Republicans are not conducive to good government. <laughs> I think that, that that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Have a lovely weekend. Am I saying your name correctly? How do I say your name? Well, you use it as a lead, but whatever. It's fine. No, as a lead. It was a pleasure talking to you. We'd love to hear from you again, okay? Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a lovely weekend. Let's take a break here, and I'll, I'll practice our guest's name. <laughs> now he knows that I have to do it regardless. More in a moment. We're going to talk to the candidate for the 50th Ward in just a moment. We've got Adam Selzer in studio. Whiskey and a Cookie starts at 630. You can listen to this and listen to that and watch that. And, of course, we've got our Facebook live stream. Uh, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We'll take a break. Come back after this on Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We have in studio with us, of course, the very famous, incredibly famous Adam Selzer. We just got a text from uh, the 630 saying that the very famous Adam Selzer joins us in studio. And soon to be very famous, uh, older, older candidate for the 50th Ward, Moise Buwani joins us. I think I've got it. I think yeah, I perfect. nailed Thank you so it. Much. Yeah, I'm going to do the, just, I'm going to st- stick to this mount. Uh, so Adam, uh, how you, so you are a transplant from, uh, from both uh, Georgia and Iowa. Yeah. Before, yes. before I came here. And, uh, and you, you have uh, really fallen in love with our city. That's why I came here. And, I loved it here. And, uh, and you do such a great job of telling our stories. So tell me, you know, in the years you've been here, how closely have you fo- followed aldermanic races or has that kind of grown? As it, it's it's kind of as needed on as an needed. as needed basis. Most okay. Of the stuff that I researched is from years and years ago. So I'm talking about Alderman. It's going to be like guys like Bathhouse John and Hank Dink <laughs> Kenna and gotcha. the, the kind of weirdos they used to elect as alders back in the olden days. Oh, there's some. There's oh, still some. Yeah, well, hey, there's still some weirdos that we elect as alders. But at you, least they don't write songs as bad as Bathhouse John's. Fair enough. Well, we or don't make know. Us listen to them. We don't know. <laughs> we, we'll have to find out what the. Uh, have you? Heard, huh? I don't know if you've heard the kind of music that Alderman Vasquez, Andre Vasquez, has written before. No. You might want to take a look at that. I'm just saying. I mean, it can't be as bad as she sleeps by the side of the drainage canal. Uh, no, that sounds like that would be. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I, I divert. I, I, uh, I, I want to make sure that we uh, we talk to our, our guest. Uh, so, Aldermanic candidate, Moise Buwani. Uh, how are you doing today? Good, good, good. Yeah, I, I came running in like yeah. panic that I was like, "Oh no, this is no, no, no." So, this I is appreciate. a little stress, and, and I also know that I'm I'm pulling you off of the work of running, which is dollars and doors. Yeah, uh, that's the whole thing. Conversation. So, what? Where are you from originally? So, we immigrated here. My family uh, from Pakistan. I was born in Karachi, and then I came to the United States at, th- at three. I uh, have been living in Chicago, or when we arrived, we were in Chicago and then had a brief respite in the suburbs because we couldn't afford a home here. So my dad was like, we, we got to go to the burbs. We, Which burb? Uh, we were living in Berkeley for a little bit, and then we were in um, Glen, or, sorry, Lombard and then Wooddale. Okay. And then I immediately, as soon as I got a chance, like once you know, I had the chance to get out after high school, I was like, I'm coming back home. Nice. 
And yeah. what, so what community do you live in currently? Westridge. Uh, Westridge. I was in the 50th Ward uh, that I was mapped out. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, we were always on the radar of our, of our current alder person, um, specifically around the activism and the work we did. So uh, I wasn't surprised. It, it hurt personally because, you know, thinking about boundary lines and maps and, and these different things and just the historical association of my family, too. Like, it really bothered my dad. They just mapped you out. I'm like, yep. That's what they did. So uh, I'm right now, I would be considered, um, you know, and it all happens after the aldermen are sworn in, in the 40th ward, I'm looking for a place oh. back in the 50th. So you're in ward. Andre Vasquez's ward. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, now. Right now, yeah. I'm saying yes. So that's, yeah. the, that's the ward that you live in. Right. Uh, so, yeah. And so t- tell us a little bit about your activism and the work that you've done in the community. Yeah. Um, so I am, by profession, I'm a CPS, CPS teacher on leave. Uh, so... Uh, prior to that or in the work I've done in the community, I've done work around food justice and food instability, uh, specifically with the Inner City Muslim Action Network, doing a lot of their corner store program work. Uh, then I got into immigration justice, and that connected me in that work to a lot of the fact that uh, the refugees and folks coming into the city also had young people who were not being diagnosed for their learning disabilities and their needs. So oh. then it became a little bit of a disability justice. And then, uh, you know, the people I would work with English literacy on, like trying to just, you know, work with people on reading, on teaching like newcomers they're like you should be a teacher um and then i think somehow the universe sent that into my father's head too and and you know my dad looked at me when i was 26 and he's like we're really concerned about you like you're great we love you as a son but what are you going to do with your life okay uh, and at 26 at 26 okay. oh, and I, was like, I mean like you're not done baking yet at 26 but still south I get, asian I get parents it. you know okay. they're, they're <laughs> looking at my brothers they're like oh they're they're set they're do, great do you doctors what do you got lawyers oh what do you got? i've got it brothers so okay. i've got, IT? I've got okay. you know i've got the it brothers who are just like we can plug you in we can plug you in i'm like i don't think i could um, so my dad was big on this conversation about like, you know, where was the last time you felt like a specific, a significant amount of love as a person? Oh. And I immediately tied back to schools. Oh, okay. um, and he's like, what about teaching? You kind of do some work there. So then I went back to Northeastern, uh, still kept the activism going. By the way, just... one of the great underrated schools in Absolutely. the city of Chicago is Northeastern cool. Illinois University. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm super grateful. We had a fundraiser last night. Uh, one of my professors, Zach Schiffman, shout out to Professor Schiffman, showed up and I, you know, he made me such a great writer. Like, I remember my first essay I turned in after this long hiatus from school and he was like, how long has it been? I'm like, a while. He's like, let's hang out. Let me give you some advice on writing. And, and I'm now I'm obsessed with writing and I'm an English teacher. Right? Oh, lovely. So yeah, um, Zach Schiffman, Olivia Kronk, Richard Grossman, like all these wonderful folks, Erica Miners, like. I owe so much of who I am to Northeastern, so I love Northeastern. It's a great school. And what are your thoughts? So let me go to the news real quick. I don't know if you heard the story about, uh, you know, we have so Governor Abbott has been putting migrants on uh, on people who have been fleeing to the United States in in search of safety and uh, the ability to provide for their families. And uh, and he's busing them to different parts of the country, including, I believe now, over 3,000 people have been sent to Chicago. And I don't know if you saw the story out of Woodlawn, and there was a press conference and it's not helpful uh i i I, part of me uh wishes that there was more that we were doing for a lot of the communities on the south and west side but now pitting uh, ourselves against each other Uh, i don't know if you saw this adam there's a a group of folks who are protesting the idea that migrants and refugees will be housed in i believe an abandoned school that has they've done a lot of renovating 500 people men and women that they were planning on housing there and there's a pushback from the community but today or was it yesterday where someone said 
essentially said, uh, let them go to Pilsen, let them go to their own people rather than being in a black community. And I was like, this isn't helping. Um, so to your, th- I mean, but, but on the other hand, I mean, we like all communities should be like, we have, you know, we have this space, we have this, this capacity to help people. Did you, what were your thoughts when you, when you saw that? Because as an older person, this would be something that would also, uh, you would be involved in having conversations about. It's pretty emotional. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm getting emotional right now thinking of it. I, I, I remember, and I don't want to talk out of being uninformed because I still have like, you know, I always put my list of articles to read every night because you got to stay on top of what's going on. But I did hear the comments of like, you know, send them back, send them to Little Village or to their people. Right. right? Um, and, and, you know, I, and I'm hearing some people saying send them back to where they belong. Right. Which right. It, they're here legally. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean. All of this stuff, this is like a nightmare for me, right? Right. I was really worried about this situation because, you know, one of the things that I'm really proud of is the amount of work we've done with, like, Black and Brown Solidarity, right? And and each of our communities, even as people of color, we have certain issues with anti-blackness. And those are things, like, in the the Muslim and South Asian community as well that I've tackled through. And that was my work at Inner City Muslim Action Network because the majority of the owners of these corner stores that were the lifelines for uh, for a predominantly black community were out of Right. And and the way they would talk to folks was an issue that Iman, Inner City Muslim Action Network, found a huge issue with because there was no dignity. There was no respect. There's nothing in that case. So I got to see firsthand because I'm like, wait, this is just a conversation around groceries. But then you realize the interconnections of all this. So, you know, personally, those comments hurt. And I, you know, from what I've read, they're an opponent of Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor uh, that made those comments because they're trying to rile that up and see if that could swing some votes their way. And. The whole idea of using people who have left some of the toughest situations as political football, whether it's Greg Abbott or whether it's what we witnessed yesterday, is disgusting. Yeah. Um, and I'm speaking as someone who is a Westridge resident and someone who knows that, you know, that neighborhood, the 50th Ward, is considered the Ellis Island of Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. It is a space where generations and generations of refugees have come, people who've left economic fallout, people who have left genocide, the worst of worst conditions right. to build something. So I'm. it's very close to my heart. And... I think, again, when we look at our city, right, because I think Greg Abbott, what he wanted was he was wanted, you know, like this whole mentality of we're going to own the liberals, right? We're going to own the libs. Greg Abbott wanted this. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and then we allowed this to happen. And by we, I mean leadership, because when you puff your chest out and say we're a welcoming city, we're sanctuary schools, but there's no investment in that. Right. There's no preparation around that. Mm-hmm. This is what happens. So it's one of those circumstances where shame on Greg Abbott, but also we need to look in the mirror as this city. Right. And talk about what what is this? Right. Like we had migrants come in. We had our newcomers in West Ridge. And they were situated in the old library where there's one bathroom, there are no rooms, right? And and one of our organizers in our community space just walked by the library, saw a few taking a smoke break and was able to talk with them about their needs, right? And it was no preparation around winter jackets, boots, all these things that were necessary. necessary. Instead, it was this... You know, message from Lori Lightfoot and some of our aldermen like, oh, yeah, come drop things off at the office. But there was no real level of welcoming people. Right. And if we're going to be a a, a, we're going to be a welcoming city, we're going to have sanctuary schools that inquires that requires investment. Right. What when the young people are going to schools, who's speaking the languages? What supports do they have? Who's helping them with their socio emotional needs? It's not enough to say, oh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll put you in a library. 
So yeah, and, and, and look, and I get the pushback from a community that is being ignored oh, yeah. in many ways and has been choked off from opportunities. I just don't know if this is the the approach. And, and yep. look, and I'm not saying that people who are coming from Latin American countries, whether it's Mexico, Venezuela, or wherever, uh, wouldn't be wouldn't it wouldn't be beneficial to have them in a community that is familiar in language, traditions, and and having supports that might be there, you know, already standing for years, right? That have the ability to uh, do networking to get jobs to uh, a path to citizenship, whatever they're looking for, or the refugee status. Uh, I just, it's unfortunate, and, and it's also, but it reminds us of you know the fact that it's we're not you can't paint every community with a broad brushstroke, right, right. and there isn't an assumption that people of color. I mean, my whole life, uh, I, I I was I, again. I often talk about how I'm I'm a little naive, and I I'm always surprised when I hear whether it was Los Angeles and the Latinos that were saying horrible and racist things about the black community. And I've been on the receiving end from people of color who either don't think that I look brown enough or that Latinos are less than in a lot of ways. And and we can do more than one thing at once. That's probably something that you've talked about, like where, you know, we can do both helping refugees and supporting a community that needs it, right? Yeah. I mean, the idea that we're facing right now and what's going on is just pitting communities against each other. Yeah. And there is in no capacity the voices on the south side, the southwest side, the west side of our city are not valid of the disinvestment the city has brought upon them and have pushed people in these corners, right? As a teacher, one thing I understood really immediately that helped me kind of reconcile, you know, the strikes, the things that we fought for, is that people are extremely passionate about schools because schools are like the last bastion of social safety nets, of opportunities, of a chance for us to have some equality. So when I hear the neighbors in the area saying, you know, you know, this is a shuttered school that we fought extremely hard to keep open. And now look how it's being used. I don't, you know, in many instances, I don't, I can't disassociate that that voice it shouldn't be misinterpreted from the fact that people have disinvested from these communities yes. and their young people and this. So, you know, I, I thought Alderwoman Taylor handled it with a ton of grace when she mentioned immediately, like, we had no input in this, right? We had no voice in this. And she's been straightforward about everybody deserves care, compassion, but also the consideration of when you set something up like this, you allow for a third party to say, send them to back to their country, send them back to Little Village, right? Exactly. And that's, yeah. that hurts. And there's a ton of nuance and there's a ton of ways to go through things where we make sure we honor the dignity of folks living there and people who have left the toughest conditions to try to build a universe for them and their families. When we come back, I want to find out. I should probably find out who the incumbent is. Uh, <laughs> who is the incumbent, Adam? Who's your uh, older person? Oh, okay. Fair enough. And uh, and I know that this is a long road. Jerry's in the studio. He helped me run for office. So I know that uh, I know how important volunteers are and people on your campaign. So let's talk about your campaign when we come back. We're talking to Moise Buani. Uh, see how much you helped me with uh, with pronouncing that off the air. I got that right, right? So, you. well, well, your name is beautiful. So <laughs> that's why I want to pay uh, the respect that everyone deserves for their names. Uh, and I, it's whenever people hear me mispronounce, I'm not making fun of the name. I'm making fun of my inability to often articulate the way I wish I could. Adam Selzer in studio with us, author, historian, tour guide. Go to Adam Selzer on uh, on Facebook. You can also go to Mis- There's a Mysterious Chicago. That's the place to go. And Mysterious Chicago. Uh, I don't know if I have to throw him out at 630. So we'll talk more to him. <laughs> I haven't heard back from Ez and Elliot as to whether or not they're going to. Oh, yeah, we got to figure out how we're doing with. Exactly. Tonight. Let me see. Uh, as is is in and uh, and Elliot is okay. Good. We're oh, gonna, perfect, we'll yeah. be all right. all right. More in a moment on driving at home in studio with candidate for the fiftieth ward aldermanic seat, Moise Buani and uh, Adam Selzer. More when we come back on WCPT eight twenty. This is WCPT eight twenty, where facts matter.
got busy, some got lazy, some got creative, some went crazy. Couch potatoes, avoiding respirators, we all got pretty big round the equator. Shopping online, working online, zooming all day, no pants, that's fine. Hiding at home from civilization, here's what I did over my pandemic vacation. In chronological order, more or less, with the non-political songs first. Cause not everybody wants to hear what I think politically, and I understand that, but honestly, how could anyone get through the past 18 months without one political thought? You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. That was a little of, uh... Steve Goodies, what I did during my pandemic vacation. I thought I'd play that because we were just explaining to our guest, candidate for the 50th Ward, Moise Buani, uh, about Whiskey and a Cookie that starts in about half an hour on Facebook. Uh, Adam and I will join that conversation at 7. Uh, for now, Adam is in, in studio with me as well. You can go hey, to the Mysterious Chicago Facebook page. Yep. And uh, he asked if I might interview one of the can- the, uh, the, op- the opponent, the challenger in the 50th Ward. There's only two candidates. Uh, the incumbent has been there for about 12 years. Uh, so what, what was it about uh, well, you got you were mapped out of fifty. Do you think that there was a circle drawn around your address, Moise? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Like, I, if I can be honest, yeah, it's just if you look at the map and you look at you know if you look at specifically what was mapped out, and then you you know you're in the community, you, you know of people like Myra Glassman, who's one of the greatest organizers in the city of Chicago. She's mapped out. Mm-hmm. Hallie Casada, who ran for committeeman against Alderwoman Silverstein last time, mapped out. Oh. And Hallie was the one that got the uh, buoys, the uh, life rings uh, down yeah, at the lakefront. Yeah. Really Hallie's incredible activist. Wonderful. Yeah. 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 Mapped out. And then, you know, other organizers that have been mainstays, but a lot of people from Westridge Community Response Team. Like these were folks who were doing incredible work on mutual aid and have done incredible work around community based organizing. A lot of the best organizers that they have mapped out. And it, you know, it, it, the way the map. The way the mapping out, like the contiguousness of all this, you just have to put two and two together, right? No. They, we laughed because uh, there was people were laughing about whether or not I would get mapped out because I ran for state rep, and then people were, were thinking I would run for alder person. Uh, yeah. God bless you for wanting to do that. I mean, it is, it, it, and I and look, the the pay has gone up. I remember someone messaged me; they were like, "You got to run," because <laughs> I mean, I heard you know, I know you ran for state rep, but it's like double the salary, you know. And like nobody, I mean, I get it. I'm sure that some people get into it for the money and the power, uh, and then. And, you know, change what their promises were based on the pressures that they experience in office. Uh, it's not. I wasn't running for the sake of running, and it doesn't sound like you were running just for the sake of running and getting a salary. That uh, it sounds the work that you've done is sets a precedent for what you want to accomplish, which is helping people, right? Yeah, I mean that's at the heart of this. Uh, I think you know you have to understand like. You know, I'm someone who, as a young person, um, you know, we were evicted, right? Like, I I witnessed eviction, and I had to process that at a really young age. Like, I remember the first time um, I thought, you know, I was thinking, like, when you see our stuff out there on the lawn, I'm just like, oh, this is my mom's rearranging things, right? And you're like, as a kid, you're processing what's going on. Um, You know, I told a story last night in fundraising. Like, I used to, like, this was a conversation we had a year ago, uh, my mom and my dad, about, like, me going through the couch, going through wherever I could to find change and be like, look, mom, I found a dollar eighty-three, right? To pay rent. And I'm, and I used to leave as a kid feeling Mm. proud of myself that I'm helping. Yeah. But like, you know, the emotional toll of what it impacted my parents, right? Like they would smile and then I'd exit the room and then they would just crumble because it's, it's that feeling of just, you can't provide for your kids. So you've let your child down and and they're trying to help too. Yeah. And then just being a teacher, you know, you witness those same feelings because you meet so many parents either, you know, or you call them or you talk to them and you, you know, I'm always 
co- like cognizant of what I'm saying about young folks. Like, I'm like, your kid is great. I just want to make sure I'm calling you because they're right now like at a D. And I would feel these conversations and then I understood maybe what my parents are feeling too. Um, so, you know, the, the entirety of my existence, uh, I owe it to people, right? And I, I talk about this a lot. Like, you know, the, the anxiety I felt in fifth grade when people were saying, you're going to get expelled because I kept fighting at school. And I didn't know how to articulate. And even as an adult, I'm starting to feel all these feelings that I that back in the day, I was not allowed to have these feelings, right? Of like, just like, I'm fighting because people keep calling me dumb and this and that. Um, and then Ms. Zolt, you know, my librarian, shout out to her. I, I love her immensely. And we reconnected on Facebook after, after she saw, like, I, I believe someone had mentioned, like, this kid keeps mentioning you as how much you mean to him. Uh, but Ms. Zolt, like, you know, she, she was got emotional. She's like, baby, you're not a problem. And I was just like, I feel like I'm a problem. And, you know, she realized I was reading at a kindergarten level in fifth grade and stuck it out with me, spent as much as time with me after school. And then at the end of the year, I'm reading in eighth grade. Oh. And, you know, I, I owe her a lot. And it's her. It's people at the library back when we had those fishbowl Mac, Macintosh computers who used to like <laughs> just like make me fall in love with reading. You're talking to a girl that used a Tandy, okay, <laughs> from Radio Shack. So I, I way it. back when yeah. I've been yeah. looking online like a lot to see if I can find one just for decoration because I just oh yeah, nostalgia is a big powerful, white right? tower, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Those were those They're, were kind of cool. They were cool. Yeah, and so that and then you know like. You know, that was childcare, right? My dad would tell me, like, go to the library, mm-hmm. just look like you're busy. You know, my, your mom's got to go to work. This is, just look like you're busy. Um, <laughs> and and people cared about me there. Warren Park, people cared about me there. And, you know, and like, my dad's a taxi driver. My mom worked in, you know, made samosas for restaurants and any single space to scrap by. And, you know, I, I just witnessed... Like, and as I'm getting older, these conversations with my dad where he's like, you know, we were $50 short, your uncle this, your uncle that, these people, that people. Like, you got people from all over the world, like, you know, an uncle from Haiti who's giving my dad a hundred bucks saying, just make sure you pay rent. You got people, you know, my best friends were from Somalia, from who were Assyrian, who were Jewish. Like, I got to witness empathy and kindness on a day-to-day basis because everything that brought us together was people in the struggle, people trying, you know? He just got me with the, my dad was a cab driver for 50 years. Uh, what, how long has your dad been a cab driver? I, I want to say he was a cab driver for at least, on and off, at least 30 years. Wow. Yeah, he's he's awesome. And people, and the, the funny part is when you knock certain doors, because I have a unique last name. People are like, you, are you Harun Bawani's son? I'm like, I am. Do you know my dad? He's like, yeah, I remember your dad used to be Aww. like, he used to do the sidewalk duty on Friday prayers because he didn't want the kids getting hit because they're never looking left and right. Oh, my gosh. Or I remember your dad is just like, you know, somebody we could call if like the AC or something wasn't working. And I was like, man, that's, you know, that's beautiful. <laughs> and Adam, in your experience living in the 50th Ward, I mean, like, what, what kind of interaction have you had with the alderman's office? I haven't had too much no. personally. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a renter there. Right. And um, I've had friends. I, I, don't, I don't want to tell tales out of school. Gotcha. So well, how would you describe the community? I guess. The community, it's, uh, I think it's the most diverse in the census tracts. Okay. That's, that's, um, that's about the simplest way to say there was just a book written about a high school about a mile away called Refugee High. It's uh, known for its... Uh, they, Which, they, 
of, I think it's Sullivan. Okay, Sullivan. 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 Okay. High Sullivan High School. They so had something like uh, kids from 49 countries speaking 52 languages there. What? And it's really quite an incredible community. There's just so much going on there. As people are so friendly. Um, well, we, we call it West Ridge. I just saw a sign for West Ridge East, a little south of me. So I figure, well, That's below confusing. the south, that means you're in Southwest Ridge East, and I'm just below the park, so I'm in North Southwest Ridge East. <laughs> and it's such a neat community. It's uh, largely Muslim where I am. If you go four blocks west, you get to the Haredi Jewish neighborhood, and there's always something going on. Always somebody, always just walk down the street, and you're, you're out of your bubble in five steps. And you live in one of the great uh, Chicago apartments, too, which we get to see whenever you do. Yeah, uh, I do broadcasts on Thursday like, nights. Yeah. It's really cool, but like the built-in bookshelves, and uh, I believe you have a fireplace, too. It's not a working fireplace right, or anything. Got, We've got a little LED fireplace yeah, no, set I, up in there. I've had, I, lived, I lived in, um, well, I guess it would be Bud Long Woods, right on that curve of Lincoln Avenue. Uh, it's uh, Anyway, we had a massive apartment that I just absolutely yeah. love. There's really a lot of great places to live. Uh, and, and at the time, it was affordable. It's, it's, as, as neighborhoods go, I think it's still right? very affordable. It's, it's still an affordable Ridge. area. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, Andy from uh, Evanston says, uh, I'm a big supporter of Refugee One. Not sure if Mr. Bowani knows them. If he does, what are his thoughts? Yeah, I love Refugee One. One of our one of our amazing organizers, a good friend of mine who's working on the campaign, Jamie Corliss, uh, is from Refugee One. Um, and then Johnny, Johnny Alam is over there as well. Uh, I love the work that they do. I mean, there's such a significant need in that area of young people who need support, elders who need support, refugees, folks. So any organization, Refugee One, Fora, the Rohingya Cultural Center, ICNA, like these are organizations that are trying to help people piece together their lives and keep it together. So I have an immense amount of love. Uh, their new facility is beautiful. And, you know, that, that's the type of group that when we win, that's the type of group that you want to be in co-governance with because these people care immensely about folks who usually get discarded in our neighborhoods. We are hanging out in the studio with a candidate for the 50th Ward Alder, Alder seat, Moise um, Buwani, and, uh, of course, Adam Seltzer also in studio with us, the, the incredibly famous. Very famous. We've also been talking about the uh, um, about January 6th as well as the votes for Speaker of the House. So Dave is on hold. I uh, want to talk about January 6th. Hey, Dave, what's on your mind? Hey, Patty. Hey, guest. <clears throat> yeah, that, um, you know, like December 7th, they always call out the day of infamy. infamy. September 11th, we could probably call that the day the world stops, you know, because mm-hmm. we had, you know, by the 12th, we had all of Europe, everybody felt, you know, for us. And those two led us into a war. But, like, today, the 6th, we're still living it, in a sense. But um, you could almost borrow from that um, series, day of day, that call it the day of day today, January 6th, you know, for what these guys had a fought for and stuff. And a couple other stories I've seen today were, that uh, this guy, this Lucas Clunsley, he he failed unsuccessfully to for uh, Senate, but he's going to run against Josh Hawley in uh, 2024. And but what really got me on this one was this Hawley. He's doing. He's been selling coffee mugs with that picture of him with his fist raised up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, instead of the one where he's running like a chicken. Yeah, not not the one where he's running away. <laughs> no, no, he's that was the other one in, inside the Capitol. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, the one where he's just looking over at the protesters and when he was safely behind the the fences or whatever, and, and I had that fist, that power salute or whatever, and and then I just read where Michael Flynn, Trader Mike, 
NFTs got restored onto Twitter today. Everybody's getting put back I on saw Twitter. That, yeah, General I saw Flynn, General Flynn, everybody, yeah. all the all all the swamp monsters. Yeah. Hey, Patty. Yes. Maybe you can get um, Steve Goody to do a parody song of Elon Musk and use it from that Elton John's Leave On. <laughs> well, and he shall be Elon. I, I am hesitant. He shall to, not be a good man. I am hesitant to uh, to give uh, unless unless you pay somebody. I am hesitant to tell artists uh, what to do. <laughs> it's uh, I'm just teasing. I, uh, I I think I explained this about Scott too. My friend Scott Santa's a cartoonist for the, the Tribune. People are like, yeah, you should draw. And I, I can always it's always one of those things. Where like. <laughs> I only say that because we get that kind of stuff all the time. Uh, you know, what you should write about Adam. Uh-huh. No, okay. yeah. What should but, I write about? But I will. Uh, I will pass it along to him. Uh, I'm. I'm guessing yeah, he's yeah. probably working on an Elon Musk song. I would guess. I can, <laughs> yeah. they, they almost write themselves. They do exactly. <laughs> Adam could. Uh, Adam could write one. Elon's coming by her hide tweets, girl. <laughs> what was that? Dave Scott liked my idea there earlier this week. Yes, he it was cute. Yes, <laughs> got a and, uh, exactly. <laughs> and he'll be on Mondays, by the way. He'll be on every Monday at six o'clock. So excited to have conversations oh. with Scott. Yep. All right. Uh, let me clear off. You guys have a good holiday—not a holiday, good weekend. And oh, be be- before you go, uh, check out uh, Lewis Lucas. Uh, Kuntz, who is uh, running against Holly, he's got a commercial that just shows this guy like just running, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 good for a laugh too. So he's running against him in twenty four. It's uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the guy he's just talking about. Yeah, in Missouri. Yep, 40, awesome. Yep. Well, you say he's selling coffee mugs. So yeah, but the video is right. cool. All right, thanks, thanks okay, so much. Cool. Take All right, care. be well. You too. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back with our with our guest uh, candidate for the fiftieth ward Alder seat. That's Mwazi. Uh, Right, Moise, yeah, Moise. Buwani. I was now I was just combining your first name and, and last name. By the way, Moise Buwani joins us in studio. Adam Selzer, a historian, tour guide, author of over over two dozen books, and as he said, he's working on another one. I, I don't I don't know how he does it. Well, you know what I found in the middle of today? I'll hold this up for the cameras. I found uh, the Chicago American said that this was the largest picture ever published in the newspaper. It goes over two pages. What? So it's really the first is fold that a wedding, out. Is that a wedding picture? Yeah, it's uh, Alice Roosevelt. So essentially, Chicago invented the foldout. Uh, Alice Roosevelt here is Miss, Miss February 1906. <laughs> and not even showing any ankle here. It's a head-to-toe That's shot, really but still. That's really funny. Oh, look at Alice. Let's yeah. take a break here. We've got, a, we've got Matt on hold. Uh, we are thankful for your uh, your willingness to join us for this conversation. If you have any questions for our guest, Moise Buwani, give us a call at 773-763-9278. Or if you have a question for Adam or for me, or you just have some thoughts, like Matt, Matt wants to talk about McCarthy. I like that too. Let's talk about dysfunction and find out what uh, uh, Moise's thoughts are on the dysfunction in uh, Chicago because we got some of that too. You're listening to WCPT 820 because facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Basquez on WCPT 820. We are hanging out in studio. Hold on a second. We're hanging out in studio with uh, with Adam Selzer and candidate for the 50th Ward, Moise Buwani, and uh, we have we have a caller. We've got Matt on the line who wants oh, to join geez. the conversation. Hey, Matt, what's on your mind? Good guy. Happy New Year, there, Patty. Baxter. Happy New Year, Matt. Are you driving tonight? Uh, of course I am. Why? Because I'm perpetually broke. But that's besides the point. I hear you. Um, you know. I'd just like to point something out that I don't know if I've heard anybody say for the past three days. Yes, this is hilarious. Yes, Kevin McCarthy's reaping exactly what he deserves. 
and what he's sown. This is his fault. This is all their fault. But the fact of the matter is, is this, and I hate to be a party pooper, especially about anything that makes them look like idiots. But we can't govern. Nothing is getting accomplished because they can't elect the majority leader. Excuse me. Right. I just, I like to point that out. So as funny as this is, this has to end at some point soon. Or nothing's going to get accomplished. Yeah, I, I think I think he's going to squeak through tonight. People are going to start being absent. Yeah, I was surprised at all. See, and the way we, I, I, I would, what lends itself to that is the uh, even the six that were holding out left today uh, voted to adjourn, giving him yeah. the opportunity to talk to them and make offers. Uh, I, and here's the thing: I always, you know, and, and I'm sure Moise, who's uh, getting um, deeper into politics, will see it doesn't matter what you say. Like you can say, apparently you can just say whatever you want. More Republicans than us, because we're, we're you know, we're, I, I, I feel as though. Um, we get the backlash or that we should stand. But Republicans have no problem just saying whatever they want, lying blatantly. You know, Boebert has said she will never vote for McCarthy. And she doesn't have to if, if he can just get two or three more anyway. Yeah. Uh, and Gates, who says that he will resign if the Democrats make a deal. Uh, it's just all it's just madness. And you're absolutely right. I mean, we, we get into dangerous territory when our electeds who are in the House can't even get intelligence briefings about what's going on around the world. If we right. can't do the business of the people, uh, it, it, it is. I agree. It is. I, I, I'm torn over how I feel. I mean, I, I want right. to see. Well, yeah. I like to see him suffer, and it's, yes. well, I think he's going to probably sneak by tonight. But then these these same group of people are just going to try to obstruct everything he did just for the sheer sake of doing it. And I keep thinking of that commercial that they used to air all the time. You know, but I, I grew up in the era when there was an anti drug PSA in every commercial break. And there's the one where the kid says, "From you, Dad. All right, I learned it by watching you." <laughs> yeah, right? That's exactly it. They're they're doing just what he taught them, yeah. and <laughs> Look, here's what he gets. I have enjoyed watching them go after each other. You know, from this guy, what's his name? Ali Alexander is that his name? The one that that called uh, Marjorie T- Trader Green a bunch of really nasty names, including I, I missed whore. That one. Mm. Oh, you guys haven't seen this? No, I haven't oh. seen that one. Because that's that's the gentleman who is like really the mastermind of yes. January Six, right? Yeah. Of Stop the Steal, right? Yeah. Stop yeah. the Steal, yes, yeah, yeah. And he he's angry with her for voting for McCarthy. And so wow. seeing all the and Jenny Jenny Thomas wrote a letter about how they shouldn't support uh, uh, shouldn't support McCarthy. Like just watching them eat each other uh, has been. Really Really delicious for me. Uh, what's, what they haven't figured out is that the Republicans didn't really win a majority. The Democrats got 212. The Republicans got about 199. And then the reality TV show dork party got about 20. <laughs> um, thereabouts, yeah. give or take a couple on either side. Yeah, exactly. But, well, Matt, I hope you have a great weekend. Yeah, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Thanks. Good luck with everything. And uh, hopefully we can actually start to, I don't know, start have our people doing their jobs on Monday. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, they haven't even been sworn in yet. On a lighter note, on a lighter note, Patty, I really hope your commute was long and arduous today. I love you lots. (laughs) (laughs) I got stuck behind two cars at the stop sign today, so it was rough. I live about two blocks away. So, (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, we are in studio with candidate for the 50th Ward, Louise Buani. Uh, and, and to Adam's point about how uh, this, the majority, you know, the Democrats got 212. Uh, so when I ran, you know, when you run for state office in Illinois, uh, you uh, just a simple majority in the primaries and, and all of it, actually, just a simple majority. Uh, whereas as in the, this race, so your race in February, February 28th is when the city of Chicago has our elections. Um, you have to get a 50 plus one. You have to get uh, is it what's that? It's a uh, pl- it's not a plurality, right? I can't remember which one's which anymore. That's, anyway, a, that's a majority, fifty plus one. Fifty plus one, yeah, right. So simple majority is is whoever gets yeah, the most yeah, votes. Yeah, okay. yeah, Jeffries has had the plurality this whole time, right? So, uh, so when in a race like this, I mean, you have it's just head to head. So you're in good shape as far as the institutional support, which I am really impressed by. It's not that easy to come by when there's an incumbent. Uh, so tell folks who are listening to us, uh, especially if they're living in the 50th ward or they know someone that lives there, uh, about the the, the the institutional support and groups that have backed you. Yeah, no, I, I'm extremely grateful, and and so much of this is rooted in the work we've done, but like. Just the amazing people in this campaign as well, who've uh, who've just been working their butt off. So, um, the endorsements we've received: uh, the Chicago Teachers Union, uh, SEIU, HCII, um, the Girl I Guess Voters Guide. We received uh, from Stephanie Sakura. Thank you a ton. Thirty um, Third Ward Working Families. They were the first folks to endorse us, uh, and then Alderwoman Rosana Rodriguez Sanchez, Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor, my friend. Uh, my friend in my day one, Bushra Miawala, too, um, who is on the Skokie Board uh, of Ed, who is just like, I love you. We support you. We got your back. Um, and then uh, People's Lobby, Sunrise Movement Chicago. Um, God, I hope I don't forget anybody. My my home team, <laughs> the 50th Ward, United Working Families, the United Working Families uh, in the National Org, um, the Chicago Democratic Socialists, the National Democratic Socialists uh, um, of America as well. Um, just all the way through, uh, OPLA, Asian Pacific American Labor Association, Chicago chapter, Illinois chapter. Um, so a lot. And then today we landed uh, JCUA, the Jewish Council of Urban Affairs, which was awesome because I, I love the work that they've done around Bring Chicago Home and so many things related to interfaith work uh, as well. Uh, the People's Lobby. Um, wow. And I, I sincerely hope I'm not forgetting, and please forgive me in advance, because I do NDFA? Yeah. NDFA, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, NDFA, the Council of Islamic Organizations of Greater Chicago. That's a lot. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. C- oh, God. Cook County Teachers Union. Love them. Uh, they endorsed us. One People's Campaign. Asian American Midwest Progressives uh, as well. So, yeah, those are all the groups. I'm trying to look at the – so I, I look at Sunshine, the uh, Illinois Sunshine, a lot yeah. when it comes to different campaigns. So I'm going to look up your, uh, your sure. opponent in just a moment, too. <laughs> Let's take a break here. I'll do traffic. Uh, also going to launch a whiskey and a cookie. Adam and I will join everybody at 7 o'clock. We're in studio with candidate for the 50th Ward Alder seat, Moise Buwani. More in a moment when we come back. I'm driving it home with me, Patty Vasquez. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company. Sorry, everybody. Didn't want to run the same ad over again. We're in studio with Mawazi. Hold on a Moise Bawani. I did it again. See what I do is I, I just uh, blend your two names and I apologize for that. Moise Bawani joins us in studio, candidate for the four, 50th 
Alder's seat. Adam Selzer, uh, incredibly famous uh, Adam Selzer, who uh, will be joining me in a half an hour. Very famous. Very famous. And it it is a it's it's a heavy lift to run for any office. It takes uh, somebody who decides they know the discipline behind knocking on doors, uh, call time, which is hard for me to explain to people. Uh, And you really have some people you think they they can just coast through it. Uh, It's a lot of work. When did you decide to throw your hat in the ring for this race? I, we we tell the story a lot. Um, I, I don't think I was ever like ready, ready. Because I mean, you know, yeah, I got, if you wait to be ready, you'll never yeah, do it. Yeah. I mean, like you know, I when I became a teacher at twenty nine, and like healthcare was like a new existence. I'm like, oh my god, I have healthcare. You know, like um, our our team had been um, the United Working Families of the Fiftieth Ward, our chapter had been like secretly having these discussions in the background. They're like, who else? This, this is the son of the neighborhood. He's always running around. He's a school teacher. People love him, so why not? And they approached me um, three times, and I said no. <laughs> three times. Oh, people approached? And that's another the, thing. Yeah. The community. Community folks did. So, like, you know, from people in the chapter to people who I've done work with in uh, refugee spaces to, like, elders who I, you know, got to know during the pandemic who were just like, son, you should do this. And I was like... You know, I got to witness Alderman Rodriguez Sanchez's race, and that was like a 13 votes, right? That's what it took. And I I saw, like, the amount of discipline, the work. And I was, I love teaching. Like, I love young people. I love being in the classroom. So I wasn't there. And I'm like, you know, whoever we do decide to run, I'm not, I'll, I'll be there 100% for them. Right. Um, and then one of our folks from the campaign got my mom's number. <laughs> and then, then, then it turned, yeah, right. Oh, then, it, then it turned into, like, hey, you know, like, what are you doing? You should do this to... You know, I was like, my, you know, this is what it takes, and uh, and then my mom gave me the heart to heart of like, you know, it, it, if you can make anybody's life better, and you're aware of everything we went through, then you got to do it. Yeah, you, know, you got to do it. So, you know, I took a day to myself. I just, you know, turned, blocked off the phone, turned off, just did a lot of meditating and just thinking about this, and I accepted it. And then we announced we were going to announce. Actually, we were not going to announce as early as we did. We announced in April. Okay. Um, we were going to announce after the school year. One of my asks was that it not interfere with the school year and I get a chance to finish. But word got out that we were running and we wanted to make sure that like we were ahead of that. Yeah, you want to be able to manage the messaging. Right. And hoping, too, that you know once we, sol- we are solidly in it, that we won't get mapped out or that we'll resist the mapping out. Obviously, that didn't work in our favor, so we announced it. For folks who aren't familiar with uh, the way it works, I don't know how it is anywhere else, but in the city of Chicago, if you are mapped out, you can still run in the next election. You, but if you do win, if, if uh, Moise is, is successful, he then has to move into a, a, an area that's within the boundaries of the 50th Ward. Yeah, from my understanding, the way our lawyer explained it, because it's such a funny process <laughs> that... Anybody who's running has to establish one year of residency in the ward, so I'd have to move in, you know, a year before the election. Next but election. I'm looking yep. now. You know, I'm, sure. I'm a renter, so I'm looking now, and hopefully we can get in before the deadline. I'm so excited for you. It's uh, you. It, it is exciting to run. I mean, regardless of what happens, I mean, you know that this has changed your life forever. And and it's an inspiration to others, too, who, you know, sometimes wonder, I don't know if it's the right time to run. You know, you accomplish a lot just by running. I know that that sounds, believe me, as somebody who's run and and was not successful, uh, people told me that all the way through. But I, you know, again, I I agree with it. It changed my life forever. And I'm connected to my community. I've lived here for 51 years. I've I've grown up on the northwest side. Uh, And so people, like, have told me, well, maybe you should move to the suburbs where, you know, maybe. I'm like, again, I'm not running for the sake of running. I thought. 
thought I could help my community, Ooh. a community that I understand. Uh, so it, it really is a remarkable thing. So I want to congratulate you on that, as well as the support of your volunteers and the institutional support. Those are not easy things to inspire people uh, to trust you. I mean, it's an investment in good government. You know, have you ever donated to a campaign, Adam? I've donated to yeah. Because yeah, sure. for folks who, you know, they, they're like, oh, yeah, well, I donated you know. to your campaign, Patty. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you very much. I, well, I'm just starting the conversation about what it means to donate to a campaign. It means that you're investing in good government. You mm. believe in somebody. Uh, because otherwise, we just leave it to the rich and powerful, right? Mm. If, we're not yeah. having, if we're not being counted. Mm. It's another way of being heard. Are you familiar with, uh, with Adam's work, by the way? I got to know Adam's work. So Adam, I saw Adam followed me on Twitter. And I was just like... This is really cool. I'm, I'm trying to figure out who, like, you know, I always look at people's bio line. <laughs> I look at their bio line and I was like, oh, wow, this, this is awesome. But like with everything in this campaign, every time I make a note, like, hey, check this out, check your website. This, yeah. You never get time. Like, you know, then, oh, sure, like, 20, yeah. you know, I'll get a phone call from Matt. Sh- shout out to Matt. I love you. Uh, he's probably at home super nervous. Like, oh, no, what is he going to say? <laughs> um, but, I, you know, Matt will give me a text like, hey, brother, I need you to do this. Hey, have you done this? Have you made your labor calls? So I, and I always felt behind. And then I think one of my friends, um, Mar- or someone I really look up to, I think it was Marcy Pedraza, I believe, oh, yeah. um, was like, com- replied to something you had tweeted. And I was like, oh, my God, like, OK, this might be someone in either labor or history. And uh, then we found out you had the tweet where I've been waiting for a Moise volunteer to get here. <laughs> yeah. So you know, and, somebody knocked on my door like, oh, I thought it was I assumed it was a delivery or something. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. saw the button like, oh, let me come down and talk to you guys so I can yeah. find out how to pronounce his name. <laughs> so it was like, I believe it was Isaac and Dale. And I laughed yeah. because I like when they came back, Isaac's like, you know, there's this guy who loves you. And I was like, cool. I'm like I've knocked this door twice. I'm like, so oh jeez! So yeah, no, but those are, no, but those are the hardest things. Is to go into the foyer of an apartment building. Yeah. I've been to his foyer, yep. and then you're like, okay, do I, you know, ring all the bells since yeah. I'm here anyway? Do I, you know, how do I leave the it, lid? It was a funny yeah. night. It was a funny yeah. night because they had mentioned they it were was in touch so with cold you. that night. It was really you guys, cold. Those guys were out there doing it. Well, it was it was a really funny night because that's the same night that I um, I like had t- I tweeted out because I, I want people to know like we're working, but I also want like fellow candidates to know, like, you know, you gotta do what you can. So I had gotten, like, four positive IDs from the auto dialer that's mm-hmm. outside these bigger condos. I just kept dialing. And people were just, like, too cold to come out, but they were like, you sound great. What's the website? I got my phone, and then I was like, you know, it's Movies for 50. Can we count on your vote? And they're like, son, you're the first person to ever come talk to me, yes. And you're talking yeah. to me through, like, a payphone, essentially. <laughs> so I was like, we have four IDs, and then, actually, it was uh, Daniel and Dale had talked to you, and Daniel was super excited. And that same evening, as I was coming back for a meet-and-greet, like, I ran into someone who was supporting Alderman Silverstein, um, and who just told me, he's like, yeah, you know, like, she, I'm here because she's running against a conservative, and I'm like, I'm like, hi, my name's Bowie. She's only running against me. Um, I'm like, I'm not a conservative. I'm a kid from here. I'm a school teacher, so and so. And I hope we flipped him because I haven't seen that young person. Because anybody who's knocking, like in that weather at that time, they care about something, right? Right. Mm -hmm. He didn't know the older woman personally, but he cared about like making sure that you know what he thought was someone was a progressive that was there. Yeah. And then we had a really good chat, and then I kind of looked over my shoulder and I saw him, instead of continuing down the block, go to his car, and I was like, hopefully. Maybe he'll come on the campaign because 
I, I want to try to win everybody to this campaign. That's how much I believe in it. So it was one of those nights, so I didn't forget. Yeah. And then then I heard that's that great. tweet, and it was really cool. That's very cool. I yeah. love that. And I see that you were out uh, also on the picket line for Howard Brown Health, yeah. uh, where they've mm. laid, off, is it, they laid, laid off over 100 employees. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and a friend of mine who has done work with them in the past said that he's been trying to urge them to pay attention to you know this the, the potential for this, you know whether it's they're, I, I don't know what they're uh, they're blaming this on rising pharmaceutical costs and things like that. Uh, what do you want to tell us about that 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 uh, that strike right now and the layoffs? Yeah, so you know, um, Howard Brown workers are involved in taking some of the most or taking care of some of the most vulnerable people in our in our society. Yeah, right. And it's it's really and you meet the workers there at every single level and you realize how much of a labor of love it is and how much it is also the ref- reflection and representation of queer people. Right, like this community and solidarity. So, you know, people who have been organizing there have been targeted by leadership, which has also made some horrendous decisions such as disinvesting in the South side and then investing in the North side, right? Like this allocation that is clearly, clearly based around the fact that they just don't want to be helping people on the South side, right? Like literally immoral stuff in my opinion. Um, And here are people fighting against these unfair labor practices as ULP. And that's what the strike is really around, really bringing some uh, understanding around the fact that leadership over there is giving themselves bonuses, is living fabulously. Meanwhile, you know, the healthcare workers like in the South side have, you know, water that's brown coming out of the faucet and are seeing their colleagues being laid off, seeing disinvestment. And then on the North side, people who've been fighting for or all over who've been fighting for this organization and the community and making sure they're serving and taking care of people are being laid off because they're fighting back. It's just cruel. And it's cruel coming from an organization that masks itself as, you know, where we are the few lifelines that the most vulnerable queer people have, queer people in general in this city. And and this is how they're behaving against their workers, the folks who are actually doing the care and actually taking care of their patients and giving them resources when they're, you know, fighting these fights alone. So, yeah. It's a, it is it is incredible because it's an organization that I know uh, a lot of people in my life uh, have uh, have either relied on or support the work that they do. So it, it was incredibly disappointing to hear how they were treating their workers. You know, something that you mentioned earlier, uh, I've been and I don't know that this is something that uh, would be legislated or even discussed uh, as far as like curriculum. I think that's more of an Illinois state of Illinois, which is why I, I, my my expertise is at state level. I work for Controller Mendoza. Mm-hmm. So I do. I'm a policy advisor there. Uh one of the things that I often wonder about, you mentioned that when you were in grade school and, you know, lashed out because you didn't have a way of articulating. I would really love to talk to people about how we in, incorporate in our curriculum uh, conflict resolution, uh, self-awareness, you know, because as children, everything feels so intense and immediate. And we see this in, in communities across the, across the city of Chicago, but we see it manifest in ways, especially in communities that are choked off from opportunity, which I talk. I, I went to Onahan over here on the Northwest side, and they started desegregation at the time I was in kindergarten, and they were busing kids from the south and west side, kids who had to ride an hour in each direction, basically taken to a neighborhood that is clean, that is safe, and said, "This is, you know, we're, we 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 are obligated to give you a better education, but you can't live here, and you're not welcome here. People are going to protest you coming here, and they're going to pick on you, and and you know that I think has led to a lot of what we when we talk about black people leaving. They're, they're my age now, right? Those those kids are those kids grew up to be 40, 50 years olds who are like, you know, the, nobody invests in this community. But I think that there has to be ways to help 
when we get to a point of the just fighting each other. I think that we need to start like in kindergarten and first grade and grade school, whether I know meditation sounds too like touchy feely to people, but something about self-awareness. I don't know if you know of any programs like that. I know that there are some out there, but not enough where it's part of the curriculum. Yeah, I, I, you know, what I, what I understood, like speaking to a few of my friends and what I've heard, I, I teach in high school. Um, they do a lot of work around calm curriculum, uh, uh, calm classroom, like these mindfulness, uh, like getting students to be a bit more mindful and also having discussions about feelings, right? right. Like, yeah. which is something that it sounds like, well, yeah, well, we do that, but like, I don't remember any of those. Right? I don't, yeah. I don't remember people asking me, how did I feel? Like after something happened and I'm starting to notice like for my friends who are teaching at at kindergarten and, you know, in elementary that they're asking their young people, how does that make you feel? Right. And then this type of awareness is also filtered into high school because, you know, when we do the first week of school, it's always community building. Right. Mm -hmm. And I always ask the young people, the young folks, like, what do you not want me to do? What's something absolutely that you would not want me to do? And almost 90% of the time is like, please don't call me out in front of everybody. Yeah. Or please. It's a shame. Right. Please don't undress me like in front of everybody. You know, like, just don't. Or, like, if there's a problem, please don't say it from the classroom. Like, come walk over to me. And so much of that, like, then I, you know, get into these questions like, talk to me about when this worked. And it's like, oh, in third grade, Mrs. K. In in second grade, you know, Mr. L, like, he did this. And I was like, okay, word, we're doing something. Um, And that's the one thing I'm proud of about our classrooms. And, uh, you know, I've taught at Clemente and I'm teaching at North Grand or on leave from North Grand is that... um, the educators that I'm witnessing now, like you wish you had them when you were younger. And I had incredible educators, but like the fact that, you know, they de-escalate or young people just feel so much more comfortable now being like, you know, this is what I'm going through. And this, I want to share this. And I, and I, one thing that blows me away, we have a youth council in our campaign. Like it was important. We have a bunch of youth organizers too. And they have been like engaging in restorative justice or also like casually on any given day you might hear somebody say like you know this is happening in the school how would you handle this like they're actually trying to intervene in issues that they think are going to blow up between their friends or students in schools and i'm just proud of that yeah and that's the type of stuff that gives me even like as a connection as a candidate like Imagine building a community that puts our young people to the forefront and doesn't see them as nuisances, doesn't put a curfew on them, doesn't talk about them as if they're not in the room, doesn't talk about them as if they're not walking around in your neighborhood and beautifying the heck out of it. Yeah. You know, like Westridge is beautiful because of these young folks, but they get the shaft. Yeah. So I'm super grateful. Yeah. I uh, and and Adam does a lot of work uh, of of showing both his community and elements of other communities, whether it's the murals or, you know, the uh, tours that you do, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when you were growing up, Adam, you went to junior grade school in junior high in Iowa. Iowa, yeah. Did you have any programs where, like, yeah, every at least as I recall, it was a couple times a week we had a class called guidance, where the guidance counselor would come in and we'd talk about like self esteem and uh, things of that nature. I mostly I, I, I was an undiagnosed ADHD kid at the time. I mostly tuned out of guidance, honestly. Yeah, but we we had stuff like that. Yeah, we had a lot of those programs. That's good to know because I, I don't I don't think and Iowa, as I recall, is very progressive education at the time. I mean, in seventh grade, we had really comprehensive sex ed. Oh, really? Like we, we you know, all the all the birth control techniques and stuff. This was in what? seventh grade. It was. I'm 51. I still haven't gotten a comprehensive sex education yeah, class. Yeah. Well, then I when I when I moved to 
to Georgia in ninth grade. The the oh boy. the sex ed was just the guy passed us out a thing called an article called "I Was Aborted and Lived" oh. and why God would forgive abortionists and stuff. This guy oh. was just used the whole thing as a platform for teaching for preaching. Yeah, and that was very common down there. <sighs> so I want to touch on it. It was uh, Garcia, the congressman from New York, is going to be sworn in on an issue of Superman number one. <laughs> from that he borrowed from the Library of Congress. Oh, really? I just thought that was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> they used to tell me all the time, you know you have to be sworn in on a Christian Bible. It's one of those things that goes around in the evangelical community. Like, they, they pair up Christian and non-Christian pilots on airplanes in case of the rapture, you know. Oh, it's boy. like, they do not. No. You do not have to be sw- I would tell I, them, you can be sworn in on a comic book, and now somebody's actually doing it. Too funny. Uh, <laughs> I did not know that. Let's take a break here. Uh, I want to, uh, I want to, when we come back, I want to uh, make sure that we, that, that, that uh, candidate for the 50th Ward, Moise Buwani, has a chance to tell you how, how you can get involved in his campaign. Uh, you know, our call to action for folks who uh, want to be a part of uh, you know making things happen. More in a moment on Driving at Home with me, Patty Vasquez. We're in studio with Adam Selzer and candidate for the 50th Ward, Moise Buwani. More in a moment. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. You're listening to Driving at Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT Button. Now, we are in studio with Moise Buwani, who's running for the 50th Ward. I have a text from our friend in uh, Evanston who says that they're impressed. They're the one that asked about Refugee One and uh, says that they're going to send a donation to your campaign. How do people do that and how do they volunteer or learn more about what you're doing? Yeah. Um, so our website is Moise, M-U-E-Z-E-F-O-R 50.com. Um, our platforms on there. We'll be doing an update very soon with like, you know, just... Really, really tackling some more deeper, deeper things that people have brought up. Like, hey, <laughs> like there was a, a wonderful auntie who was lecturing me about, like, hey, you got to have something up about collision, bird collision. I'm like, you got it. We'll make sure we'll talk about okay. the Audubon Society. So I'm going to add more stuff on there. But um, our platform's on there. My story's on there. Volunteering is on there. Uh, donating is on there. So I think it's moviesfor50.com slash donate. But you'll see all the buttons on there. But um, that's our site. Uh, it's run by the amazing Richard Zeely, a fantastic volunteer in our campaign. Shout out to you, Richard. I know you're probably listening. Uh, but yeah, we would love to, you know, we're a grassroots campaign. So we find a way to stretch a dollar. You got to turn she's one got dollar. A, she's, got a lot, she's got a lot of money in that campaign. Yeah, a lot and, of incumbents have a lot of money. And, I, I you can go to, uh, to IllinoisSunshine.org to find yeah. out how much people have. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, look into, feel free to look into our opponent, right? Like they take money from Republican PACs. They take money from real estate. They take money from folks who aren't, you know, who aren't, don't have working people in mind and aren't thinking about young folks uh, who've had to move out of the neighborhood and school population loss or thinking about our newcomers in any capacity so you know your one dollar will stretch to five because we know how to make it work and the kindness of people is always around in this campaign um and plus you know if you're if you're up for it we'd love for you to knock doors phone bank text bank like we go hard you know i came straight from knocking doors and that's yeah, what it's gonna take no, no no worries i'm I, I made sure to plan it earlier so okay. I could, you know, cut it in. But I know how much it yeah. hurts. I know how much it hurts to, uh, yeah, two fifty is the goal 250 a day. Two fifty a day, and you know, I've got we've got incredible people who are doing that work too. So 
I am. This campaign is an us campaign, and I, I don't know how far I ever would have gotten if it wasn't for the kindness of strangers and the belief that people have in this team. Well, I want to thank uh, Adam Selzer for uh, suggesting that you come in. Uh, Adam, what do what have you have planned for folks, and where can they you know what what would you like to encourage people to do to follow you or uh, get more familiar with uh, your work? Uh, follow Moise more, more than Moise more than me. Um, I, I keep I kept reading it as Moise when I saw it on a sign. Sorry, <laughs> I'm still getting you're still getting used to finding out what, how to actually pronounce it. Um, yeah, I, I don't have anything to plug this particular week. We got oh. the morning mini tours that run every day at 10 o'clock on Facebook Live, or if I'm working from home, it'll also be on Twitch and YouTube and all of those. Uh, Thursday night, there's always a full-length virtual tour. I don't know what this week's will be. Uh, this uh, past week, we did Strange Tales from uh, Lincoln Park and Lakeview. I just found some of the stuff I pulled from the microfilm room today. I might want to start working into stuff. So had a productive day in the microfilm room, even though I'm just filling in tiny gaps in one very big research project. Uh, I have to ask you this. Uh, can uh, can One, can movies count on your support? Absolutely, uh, yeah. Uh, but also, would you consider putting I know that you don't uh, you don't own your building uh, putting a window sign you, there's there's a rule against window oh, signs really? in you our, have a in rule our, against your window signs. yeah we don't we're not we don't, we don't have window signs and, and as much as people say that uh, lawn signs aren't votes it also elevates and amplifies a message and lets people know that your name is on the ballot yeah, there, there are some very big signs of, for, for Louise on on our on our block as it is on Arthur Avenue there's no better feeling than coming home for me my entire block it was like it looked like a fortress of Patty Vasquez like up and down I, my street it was really cool. That's that's how I first found out about yeah. the campaign. Is just uh, making my in the late summer, early fall, trying to do ten thousand steps a day around the neighborhood early oh, in I the see. morning, and you yeah. just see all these signs. Yep. So where can folks? They can also ask for a lawn sign as well. Yeah, we've got lawn signs, uh, yard signs. Our office is uh, sixty five hundred one Northwestern Avenue. You'll know it because it looks like a it looks like a car a car dealership. Because I always get <laughs> folks coming in being like, "Hey, you want to sell me that Jeep?" And I'm like, "Oh, I cannot." <laughs> You can talk to the Taxi Town folks. So we're in that office, 6501 Northwestern. We've got lawn signs, yard signs. Uh, come through if you want to have some coffee. Maybe you want to have some tea and talk and anything in general. I, I you know, it's it, talking to folks has been one of the most beautiful things about this. So I'm always welcoming and. You know, shout out to Isaac Krantz Perlman, who's the precinct captain for that part of uh, where Adam is. Because I mean. The reason those signs are there is because Isaac is amazing. I knock with him, and he knocks when he, whenever he has a chance, and and people love him, and they're just like, hey, if you believe in this guy, we believe in him too. So awesome. I'm, I'm I'm super grateful. Well, congratulations on running, and I look forward to talking to you again. I won't make you come in studio. You can always do a phone call and update us on how things are going, unless you want to come in. But again, I know you've got a lot of doors to knock on. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us, for driving home. Thank you, Lady B. Have a spectacular weekend. Uh, folks, you can also tune in to uh, Devil's Advocate is uh, coming up next, or Whiskey and a Cookie. Go to the Patty Vasquez Show page. Good night, everybody. Take care.